0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and I'm here with my colleague, Jessica Warner, who is a member of Heartbeat International's communications and marketing team, and who I know always has her ear tuned to politics, and I'm pretty sure that runs in the family uh, because she has brought a special member of her family to talk with us today about how to strengthen that relationship between the legislators and the pro-life groups. Before we get started, I'd like to remind listeners that Extend Web Services is there to meet the website needs of pregnancy help organizations. They offer a variety of services, including websites, Google ads, social media management, local search, and advanced SEO. And Extend Web Services is now offering video commercials for both client and supporter sites. Find out more at extendwebservices.com.
1: All right, Jessica. Who have you brought into the Heartbeat Studio today? Yeah, I've brought someone very special to me. Actually, is my dad, uh, former state representative Kyle Kaler. Um, really excited to have him with us. Um, we both kind of got started in politics about the same time. I, my background, as you mentioned, I'm in, interested in the political side of things um, because that was my background before coming to Heartbeat International. I worked at. Uh, I worked a campaign. Actually, it was um, this man here's state representative campaign and then moved on to working in the state legislature and then as a lobbyist for a pro-life group in Ohio. Um, So yeah, I'm really um, honored to introduce my dad, State Representative Kyle Kaler.
2: Well, it's great to be here. It, it It has been a long time. We started about 2009, 2010, started looking at things. People started encouraging me to run for office. And if I I, I always say, if it wasn't for my family, my wife, and my kids, and, and this young lady here, um, I wouldn't be in politics.
1: Yeah. It was a really exciting time getting started. And so he served for eight years in the State House, and um, who knows where else we might be taken. <laughs> but for now, um, we're going to have a cool time talking about what it's like to be in the legislature, what legis- uh, what pregnancy help organizations can do to connect with their legislators from that perspective. Obviously, you have a very favorable opinion of pregnancy <laughs> help. What is your um, kind of relationship with pregnancy help organizations?
2: Well, I'm, I think back to 1993, almost 30 years ago, uh, that we first got involved with our, what, what at that time was the Crisis Pregnancy Center in Springfield and how we got involved. Um, as a matter of fact, I think my uh, it was when you were born, and uh, we got some gifts at a, at a sh- baby shower, and it wasn't exactly the stroller that my wife wanted. And so uh, we thought about, well, what are we gonna do with this? let us That's not the one you want, you want the Cadillac version. Let's give this to the Crisis Pregnancy Center. And I can remember at that point, praying with my wife, and we decided, you know what, why are we giving the Crisis Pregnancy Center, the leftover, the one that we don't want. So I actually had my wife go out and she bought two of the strollers that she wanted and we donated the the nice stroller. And that was really our first introduction to the pregnancy center in in our area and we've been supporters for 30 years since then.
1: Mm That's wonderful. Um, It's such a cool, there's so many different ways we come into interacting with pregnancy help organizations. Um, And obviously not every single politician out there is connected with pregnancy help from such a beginning stage. But obviously you understand the work that pregnancy help organizations do um, and, and we're able to bring that somewhat into your work. So um, I guess my next question is, like, how does your pro-life convictions um, and how do those tie into your background with pregnancy help tie into your work in the statehouse?
2: Well, I think a lot of times being a pro-life legislator, I mean, the one argument we hear more than anything is that you don't care for the baby outside the womb. And um, more and more we hear that argument um especially since things have changed politically over times with the supreme court ruling um that's become the focus is do you care about the baby outside the womb and my experience with the uh, with the with the pregnancy resource center in Springfield and Clark County um, has been one that's been very we, we've been intimately involved um Obviously, my wife was on the board for six years. She was the chair of the board for three years. Um, she timed out. They only allow you on the board for so long. So we, I am intimately involved with what happens at the pregnancy center. So I know what's going on there. A lot of my colleagues don't. I mean, I'm a manufacturer by trade, so I, you know, there are things that I know about. When you go to the state house, you have to become an expert in so many things so quickly. Mm. Whether it's in the medical field or with prisons or with laws that are being passed, um, we need help understanding that. I was blessed to have some background with pregnancy resource center in my area and other pregnancy help health or help organizations, so. That was a blessing, but many legislators are experts in many other things. Some of them are former policemen. Some of them are lawyers. Some of them are businessmen, insurance salesmen. Uh, there's one legislator right now. I think he was a, a official a, a uh, football official, um, so a referee. Yeah,
1: lots of uh, backgrounds there. Yeah,
2: lots of different backgrounds, all of them from the communities that we all live in. But they, none of them, have an expertise in all those subjects. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to pregnancy help, help organizations, that's maybe a different ball of wax for them.
1: Mm-hmm. And so as pregnancy help organizations are coming maybe to the legislature for the first time, because as you mentioned, obviously with the overturning of Roe, this really going to the states as to state by state decisions. Mm -hmm. and, And as the question is coming up of what are these legislators doing to help women specifically, what is what are these states doing to help women? The focus, as, as we've seen, has really come towards pregnancy help organizations. Right. And I think it's more vital than ever that pregnancy help organizations are able to answer that question and ensure that their legislators are equipped to answer that question,
2: well, that, whether that they goes,
1: be you know pro-life right. or not. And that not. goes
2: back to what we said originally, is wh- how are we caring for the mother? How are we caring for the baby? How are we caring for the fathers of these mm-hmm. children? And a lot of times, the legislators here the other side, talk about the fact that you only care about the baby in the womb. You don't care about the baby afterwards. And then the biggest thing they can do is educate these legislators on the fact that you are doing more than mm-hmm. just looking to save the baby. You are helping the fathers. You are helping the mothers. Um, I My son did a speech on, on the pregnancy resource centers and a, a higher right to life speech. And he talked about the fact that there are over 7,500 medical professionals in 3,000 clinics across the country that have done 400,000 hours of service for over 2 million individuals, mostly yeah. women. And and that legislators don't know that. Yeah. They think it's just one topic, one small thing, and that and that we're not working with women across the the broad spectrum of people that need help.
1: Yeah. So with the need, obviously, to get that information into the hands of these legislators, what is um, what is one of the ways that uh, pregnancy help organizations can start to catch the eyes of legislators to be able to, you know, get their ears? I think sometimes it can be a really intimidating process if you've never met with a legislator before. Um, and I think it's, it's sometimes we have to dispel the myth that uh, legislators are these, like, really special people that are really difficult to get to know or... You know, um,
2: well, you know. obviously, I'm sitting across the table from somebody who knows like exactly the opposite <laughs> of that um and knows me as dad the The fact of the matter is legislators for the most part, I mean, 99% of them are just normal people who've answered the call to represent the people in their district. Um, They may have leanings or not have leanings in certain areas, especially when it comes to pro-life. But the fact of the matter is they're just normal people. They bleed just like everybody else. They still have red blood in them. They're no different. But the fact of the matter is a lot of times they're more afraid of the individual coming to them than the individual is of of the legislator. Mm. Um, We just have to relax for a second and realize we're all people. We all have issues. Um, I recently spoke at a college that is very liberal um, to a psychology class where the professor is very liberal, disagrees with me on my pro-life stance. And the students asked me, you know, how, how can you represent everybody in your district? If you're pro-life and half of them aren't, I came from a 50-50 district, and and I I tell them, I said, well, first of all, I told people before I ran where I stood on the issue of life. Um, I I did, but I treat people with respect, and because of that, in a 50-50 district, I got 60% of the vote. How did that happen? Because I was willing to listen to them, and I was willing to hear them out, and then explain where I stood, and and what I basically I told them, I said, listen. I told them where I was at and I still got elected. So therefore that to me is confirmation that that where I stand is okay with the majority of the voters. One thing I'll hear though, every once in a while I'll get a letter in the mail that'll say, you work for me, you have to do exactly what I say. And I gotta admit before I got into office, I sort of felt that way too. But there's 119 in state of Ohio. There's 119,000 people that I work for and I can't do what all 119,000 want. So, (laughs) so, so when it comes to that, you have to realize that, you know, a representative has 119,000 voices Mm. that are, that are yelling at him, talking to him. And in the end, um, pregnancy health help organizations are another voice that can come to a legislator and for goodness sakes, Talk with them like they're just like anybody else. Yeah. Be nice to them. You don't have to you know, bow down to them. They're, we're, we're nothing special. But talk to them like a human being. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times social media has changed things lately where we can say whatever we want, all the vitriol stuff on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that. We can say anything we want. And then when we call the people and say, will you talk to me? And it's like, well, you just called me a name last night on yeah. social media. Why would I want to sit down with you? Yeah. So we have to remember that.
1: Yeah, remember that they're people too. I Absolutely. think that's really important. Um, obviously making meetings at the state house, coming to the state house for those meetings is something that that pregnancy help organizations can do to kind of start those relationships. Um, and obviously there's meeting there's uh, events in their district and stuff like that. One thing I like to point out is the fact that, you know, they do, you guys do work for your constituency. And so, um, pregnancy help organizations, if you're in the district of a legislator, um, they, they want to hear from you. When I worked in the Senate, um, it was, always the constituents that got the um, first booking in my uh, boss's um, schedule. If there was somebody from his district that was a voter of his, those were people who were making sure that he got to see them face-to-face. In
2: in my office, um, I got hundreds of uh, what I saw form emails where somebody just sort of added their name to the bottom of something. And so I would get 400 emails that all said the exact same thing. They just had a different name at the bottom. Those got counted by a legislative aid one we all have one legislative aid in the Ohio House that got counted in other words she said you got four hundred of these form emails if I got a handwritten letter or a, a letter that was obviously uh, an email that was obviously handwritten was an original somebody's original thoughts that letter got laid on my desk that mm-hmm. letter got read by me by my eyes because it was somebody who took the time if a pregnancy help organization member wants. Uh, A legislator's attention. First of all, most of the time you can find their phone number, uh, their home phone number, but um, write them a letter and say, I'd like to invite you to my place so you can see what we do. I guarantee you if it's a legislator that is, you know, any good, he is going to respond to that. He's going to come look.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess, goes into another one of my questions. What are some ways to catch the eyes of legislators? Um, sometimes I think when you go maybe on a super busy day, it can feel like they're just churning out 15-minute right. meetings sometimes. Right. What is something that you can bring to those meetings Um whether it be physical or a story, um, are there like certain numbers or handouts? What kind of things make it easier for you to understand what those pregnancy centers or any kind of group is, is wanting to talk about what catches your eye?
2: Yeah. Well, I I just, I was just talking about the statistics about, you know, what happens in the nation with, you know, Mm -hmm. 400,000 hours. Most of the legislators that I know, um, especially the conservative ones who are who are pro-life or leaning pro-life um they're looking for ways even if they're they're conservative but they might not socially be conservative so they're so they're on the 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 fence when it comes to pro-life issues they want to hear how a pregnancy help organization is doing the work that others think the government should do i don't know if that mm-hmm. makes mes- yeah. that makes sense but i'm a limited government type person if you come to me and say we don't need any tax dollars. We don't need any, you know, we just need the government to allow us to do this kind of work and not get in the way so that we can help individuals who are in crisis. Because a lot of times, you know, folks want the government to fix everything. If, if you can show me where your organization is taking the burden off a of government... A lot of times that that makes my that makes the legislators ears perk up mm. because that's what they want to hear. They yeah. don't want somebody coming with their hands out saying "Give me, give me, give me." They want somebody saying, "Hey, we're successfully helping people, and if you will just allow the government to get out of the way, we'll help more people."
1: Yeah, something you said there was quantifying that. I think right. that's really important. I know we encourage uh, centers to put together impact reports. Um, take your year's numbers and quantify right. the services that you provided and, and present that to legislators. If we saved you guys this much money by serving right. women, um, whether it be how many, how many dollars basically you use provided in terms of medical services, whether it be ultrasounds, SDI testing. Um, I know the numbers you referenced are some CLI reporting, uh, right. Charlotte Lozier Institute reporting. Um, and I know they're, they're working on some more of those. Um, bringing in those numbers, I mm. think, is something that they can kind of take bullet points. Another thing right. we encourage is one-pagers. Right. Don't bring any. Don't bring <laughs> massive folders of of things. Yeah. Bring very simple numbers right. that can quantify the impact you're making. Um, I know when we went to babies go to Congress this past year, um, we were in some pretty uh, liberal offices uh, talking about the work of maternity homes, and I know that we had some aides there that were very engaged and interested when they were hearing the impact that maternity homes had, because there's such, you know, the homeless issues are really important these days and really obviously rampant these days. And so hearing the opportunities that maternity homes provide to women was something that even people who weren't pro-life really engaged on and got excited right. about.
2: And, and those personal testimonies, those oh, yeah. those women that you've helped. Um, I know at our uh, pregnancy resource clinic banquet every year, they have somebody give a personal testimony. It'll, there'll be a video. The person will be there with their child, but there'll be a personal testimony and a video. Those are powerful. And I don't know, I, I know for me, because my wife was on the board and we've been involved for 30 years, we always go, so we hear those. I don't know if some of my colleagues aren't going to those, those mm-hmm. uh, banquets. I don't know if somebody, let's say, down in Vinton County, where the population is very low, there's probably not a pregnancy resource clinic in Vinton County. It's very, the smallest county in mm-hmm. the state. Well, that legislator that covers that area might not be involved with one because there's not one in that area. Yeah. So it, 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 it is, those personal testimonies are very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, I think that's a a key point, too, as if you maybe if you're located in one district, but you serve people from another district, that also opens the door for you to meet with those legislators um, and share those stories. Yeah, sharing those personal stories, bringing a client if you have a client that is comfortable with sharing their story. Bringing that client into those meetings can be incredibly powerful because um, you can't deny those testimonies. You can't deny the sp- personal story of a woman mm-hmm. who says, "This is how I was served right. by this center."
2: In, in my office, be, until the day I left, there was a, uh, a Polaroid snapshot of a young woman and her mother, and the young the young girl was a product of rape. And she came in and talked with me. The mother did. I met the child later. That picture stuck on my wall for Mm -hmm. almost six years of my eight years in office, because that was a powerful testimony. And it spoke to me and where I was at and some of the decisions I had to make.
1: That's that's really powerful. So um, moving forward then, you'd mentioned kind of going to these uh, banquets and things like that. What keeps you connected to pregnancy help organizations? And how can those continue to maybe build upon and say they have those initial meetings? How can they build upon those relationships so that they can be the experts that legislators can go to. Because I think that's really important, is having someone trusted that if you get a question, who they can go to. You
2: said the key word there, and it's trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned earlier today about social media and the fact that sometimes we can be on social media. It's an anonymous thing where we can attack people. And in and, and, and the political world today, and especially at the national level, that's the big thing. Is If, if you can say something that's very mean and, and stands out, you'll get a lot more likes and clicks and shares. Um, the fact of the matter is um, the people that I talk to at the Statehouse, whether it's a pro-life issue or an employment issue or anything the people that i listen to are the people i can trust even the ones i don't agree with if you'll give me if i disagree with you and you'll give me information that is solid that i can go off of i might still disagree with you but i begin to trust you and i know that when you give me information whether it helps you or hurts you it's true the same happens with a pro life group is is are you giving me solid information that i can mm-hmm. repeat or that i can use or that i can put in my bank and pull out when i need it to if I can trust you, then I will listen to you, and 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 that's built over time. Um, that's just the way things work. I mean, it works in all relationships, whether it's yeah. a political relationship or or just a family relationship. You need to be able to trust the people that are around you.
1: And so, those kinds of ways of building that is it meeting on a regular basis, maybe sending information, inviting you to banquets. What what was the kind of the best way to kind of build and grow that trust?
2: I think it's it's personal conversations. Um, I can think of conversations I've had with people where um, I might share something that I feel about something and it shows up on social media the next day as an attack. Well, if you disagree with me, call me. Again, we've talked about that. Legislators are just real people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, If if you have issues with me as a dad and you Mm -hmm. go on social media and say something about me, well, we're going to have an issue. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, come to me, be a resource, Mm -hmm. call me up and say, hey, I saw that speech you gave the other day. This is where you are wrong. Don't get on social media and go. Kyle Kaler said something wrong yesterday, mm-hmm. and this is where it was, and he's no good. And that—that's built over time. Yeah. And again, in today's world, political world, social media world, um, that thirty-second soundbite of me criticizing somebody else might get you a few more likes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't build that trust.
1: Yeah, and so it's—it's it's one of those things. that I'm hearing is. Um, just building those relationships over time, continuing to invest, continuing to make yourself a resource, regardless of whether or not it's maybe a legislator that is 100%, you know, conservative and things along those lines too. Because I think the way, I think pregnancy help organizations are one of the most powerful tools for the pro-life movement um, to be able to win the hearts and minds of those who may not agree with um, the pro-life movement, but can cannot deny the work that the pregnancy help organizations right. do.
2: Right. And there's a lot of things that we, we passed a number of very uh, important pro-life bills in Ohio during my time in office. We we did the pain-capable bill, which is basically 20 weeks. Um, we did the Down Down syndrome bill, which basically mm-hmm. says you can't use the, the prognosis of Down syndrome yeah. as Down a syndrome, reason.
1: Down syndrome non-discrimination yeah. act. Yeah.
2: And then the, the heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. All of those, um, some of my colleagues who, and, and a few of them voted no on some of those because they didn't have the exception for rape or incest. And I saw pro-life groups attack them for not voting for the bill because they didn't have the exception. And I always looked at those groups and said, well, wait a minute. The, 20, the, the pain-capable bill has a 20-week exception in it. Mm-hmm. The heartbeat bill is six to eight weeks. It has a six to eight-week exception in it. So technically... We could, somebody could have attacked me and said, Kyle, you support abortion under six weeks. Kyle, you support abortion under 20 weeks. They could have attacked me. Well, we have to realize that not every legislator comes from an area. We talked about the 119,000 people that mm-hmm. they represent. They come from areas where a majority of the people aren't pro-life. Mm-hmm. They aren't as conservative as, as I am. If I went into that district, I wouldn't be elected. Does that mean they should attack that person for representing their district well? Mm-hmm. No. It means you need to go to them, and, and again, I, I relate it back to my Christian experience working with high school kids and in an evangelical way. I'm to draw folks to me. I'm a, to draw folks to Christ. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, as pro-life um, pregnancy help organizations, you can draw your legislator towards you. you. You can do it by attacking them. That never works. Or you can go to them and say, hey, listen, I saw you voted this way on this bill. Let me tell you about how it would have helped if you would have voted the other way. Mm. Let me ex- Don't attack them. Talk with them. Educate them. Help them. Um, at the, you know, If you attack me, the last thing I'm going to do is listen to you.
1: Yeah. And so it's about that being winsome and being able to provide Absolutely. education. And I think pregnancy help organizations are uniquely placed in a situation where they can provide that education and that real-world impact of... The, the hands and the feet of the pro-life movement and right, how they, right. they are offering those services and serving those women that are in need every single day.
2: In, in a sense, you're there to educate what's really happening at Ground Zero. You You're mm-hmm. not, you shouldn't be doing the crazy stuff that everybody else is doing with legislative mm-hmm. uh, uh, advocacy and things like that. Pregnancy help organizations are indeed the hands and feet. They're the, the people at Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. They can help Show the legislator what's really yeah. happening on a personal level,
1: and different and different centers, and and will choose to be active in different ways. Obviously, each state is having a very different. We have the you know life states and abortion states and the battleground states, and each of them are having very different you know situations. Maybe you don't have you know a life affirming or pro life legislator in your area. Um, maybe you you have a lot of uh you know legislators who don't agree with you. Maybe you're in a situation where you can advocate for um, pro-life legislation. Um, I know in Ohio we have a lot of different things, especially ballot initiatives going on that we've seen happen uh, in places like Michigan and Vermont and California um, that impacts the work of pregnancy help organizations. Or so we have we have states like Illinois that are working on um, legislation to um, regulate the work of pregnancy help organizations and try to shut them down. Um, as, as Colorado also has. And so it, it's very different, obviously, for each for right. each state, depending on where you're at. But and, it is important the areas, that they get involved. And the areas
2: of the state. Yeah. I mean, in Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati, you're going to have a lot more folks that are pro-abortion legislators. Mm-hmm. Well, what would happen if the Pregnancy Resource Center in Cleveland, even though they have a Democrat, pro-abortion legislator, what would happen if they invited them? Just say, you know what? We know you disagree with us, but we'd love to see show you what we do. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to, you know, try to trap you in a video or anything like that. We just want to show you what we do. Come and just see what we do and leave. Yeah. That's just That's all I'm asking. What would happen?
1: Yeah. And I think that's something we've seen make an impact again and again through programs like our Babies Go to Congress event that we do every year, um, which we'll be doing again next year. Um, always love to have you guys join in on. Um, but yeah, that's something that's really important. Um, I just got one more question. Um, what What is compelling and makes you stop and think as a legislator? I know, obviously, you're getting bombarded with information all day. As we talked about, right. you're getting. Um, lobbied from every angle because you need information from everyone, Um, what is something that kind of catches your attention Um, and makes you stop and think when you're going through the day?
2: Well, first of all, let me address what you said about you're getting lobbied from every every angle. Um, I, I often go back to a farmer who once came to me and said, I hate those lobbyists. Lobbyists are horrible, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you're a member of the Ohio Farm Bureau, aren't you? And he, oh, those, yes, I've always been a member. They're a great group. I said, well, they are a lobbying group. And, and, and a lot of times lobbyists get a bad rap and maybe some of them should. But the fact of the matter is usually a lobbyist is working for an organization, a group of people, whether it's realtors that come together, restaurant owners that come together, uh, grocers that come together, it's just uh, uh, or farmers mm-hmm. that come together and say, hey, we need somebody to go speak in Columbus to our legislators for us. Mm-hmm. So lobbyists in a sense are just normal people that are hired by a group that says, hey, we have this interest. We'd like you to go advocate Mm -hmm. for us. And when you go, you'll have the voice of a hundred thousand farmers or a hundred thousand retailers. And if you
1: go on your own, you're a grassroots lobbyist. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. There's no different. So the fact of the matter is, um, a lot of times, um, as a legislator, you do get the attention of a lobbyist who's representing, you know, a thousand realtors Mm -hmm. in the state of Ohio. Um, pregnancy help organizations are no different. Mm -hmm. Um, there are good lobbyists for those groups. But again, if I'm in Springfield, Ohio, and the Pregnancy Resource Clinic from Springfield calls me up and says, we'd like you to come visit our center, to me, that is a one-on-one interaction that I can take to the bank and I can go and see exactly what they're doing. I can tell you there are legislators that I served with that think Pregnancy uh, Resource Centers are horrible organizations that take advantage of women. And it's like, I checked with my wife before I left. I said, "Let me before I go and do this podcast, let me, let me make sure I'm right. You never charge anything to the individual that walks through that door mm. and needs help. It is in crisis and needs help. Never. Never. As a matter of fact, we give them everything. I mean, the, the, the tests, the ultrasounds, the, 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 the prenatal vitamins, they are all given without cost. There are legislators that don't know that.
1: Yeah, I think that's it's important. I think sometimes, especially when we're working inside the pregnancy help movement, those things can be common sense to us, and we don't realize that that's not known. Especially, I think I think there can be misconceptions that even the conservative legislators know that or should know that. Um, But let's never take for granted the fact that they do, because so many of them, maybe with the best intentions, they're not experts in this. They've not been involved for thirty years they need to be told and you're the best person to tell them because you're truly the expert in their area and if you understand with that confidence that you are the expert and you are the resource that's just a wonderful opportunity for you to be that resource to that legislator um, who especially especially those new ones really need help really need help knowing up from down sometimes uh, and need to know who they can go to in their communities to better understand their communities, right. so it, you can be that, and that, and that's just such a wonderful opportunity.
2: Right, and I always go back to my first couple of weeks in office back in 2015. Um, you're aware, you're aware of this too. But we, I would sit in my office those first that first month, and literally every day from eight a.m. until four o'clock, I had a meeting every half hour on the half hour with a different group or a different person coming in. And by the end of the day, your mind is buzzing by the end of three or four weeks. You're, you're just dazed at the number of different people that want your attention. And the fact of the matter is, um, if, if I have a one-on-one conversation with somebody in my district, that sticks with me more than sitting in my office and having one person after another sit before me and tell me all their needs and all their wants. and all. If you can come to me as a pregnancy help organization and instead of saying, this is what we need, saying, Representative Kaler, Kyle, this is what we're doing in your community. This is who we're helping. We don't need anything. We just need government to stay out of the way and let us perform. Or maybe we need this law changed so we can do more of this. Um, Again, a meeting in my district with a pregnancy help organization is going to be more powerful than anything else.
1: That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Um, I just want to bring up, uh, obviously, I mentioned Babies Go to Congress a few times. If anybody is interested in that, we actually have a link in the notes to our interest form and more information about Babies Go to Congress it's a really amazing program we've been doing for many years where we bring centers along with their clients and uh, their clients' babies, uh, babies being any rare from infant to adults, but being able to show the impact that pregnancy centers have had and um, meeting with their congressional members. Um, oftentimes, we do that alongside the March for Life. Uh, there's uh, some additional options maybe we'll be doing it at different times this year, leading up in June potentially. So please feel free uh, to fill out that interest form. Let us know that you might want to be able to join us and we'll follow up with you here shortly.
0: All right. That sounds great. Well, thank you both so much. It's not often that we get a father-daughter duo in here for a <laughs> podcast. So thanks for being the first with us. Of course, um, course we are talk about this topic of um, public policy and pregnancy help organizations being involved because it is important that your voice is heard. So um, we actually have future podcasts planned on this topic. So stay tuned by subscribing. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.